Hi everyone. Welcome to Relatively Sane. This is Jessica Curson. I'm so excited because I'm doing my own podcast today. I've been wanting to do this for a long time and I'm just, I don't know, I guess I'm lazy. I shouldn't call myself lazy. I'm really trying to be better to myself and I just constantly put myself down and I'm not going to do it anymore. I am such an idiot. Stop it, Jessica. No. Oh God. Is everyone okay? By the way, I hate when people do that. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but when people are like, are you okay? Meanwhile, they're fucking a mess. Like, don't ask me if I'm okay if you are completely unstable. Because you're the one that's a mess, and you're just projecting onto me. Uh, I told myself I was going to be positive this time because it's just me. And I am going to be. I want you all to love yourselves and to really be kind to yourselves because this is such a hard time. And, you know, it's important to take care of yourself. I've even been doing affirmations. It sounds corny, but even if you write stuff on a little sticky note and put it up, I'll write, you know, you're a size four. I mean, it's not true, but I start believing it and then I can eat whatever I want. I mean, I need like three seats on a plane now, but so what? At least in my mind, I'm a size four. That's really all that matters. Follow me. I know a lot of you do, but you can follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm at Jessica Curson, Instagram at Jesse Curson. Facebook, I have a fan page, which is fun. I post stuff on there. Sometimes I don't post anywhere else. And I have a Patreon. Again, some of you don't know what that is. And I don't blame you because I don't know what anything is. But it's a really good way to see some bonus content, some videos I put up there that I don't put anywhere else. And you get the podcast early. And it's only 5 or $8. So just get on it because I need cash. I mean, seriously, you, if you want, you can send me jewelry, China, even if you have like a crown in your mouth, I'll take that because I can sell it to some old people when I do shows in Florida. Um, you know, I have to do a show in Florida in February. It's turned into two shows because they have to socially distance. So there's one at four o'clock. That should be a blast, a 4 p.m. show with very old Jewish people. And then I have to do one at seven, which should that, you know, hopefully they'll be on ecstasy and high at that point. People in, you know, all people in Florida really should take ecstasy. Why not? If you're going to pass soon, just I let me tell you something. I'm not using drugs or drinking, but when I'm like about to go, I am trying every drug I never tried. I don't even care. I'm trying heroin, crack, crystal meth, all at the same time. And then I'm just going to like, fuck my teddy bear and die. I don't know what I just said, but I'm sure some of you are laughing. But it is disturbing. I'll admit. I mean, some of you are probably disturbed by what I just said, and I don't blame you. Oh, boy. So I'm doing a podcast answering questions. A lot of you have sent me questions, and this is so exciting. Um, I'm going to say your name. I'm sure I will fuck it up. So please don't send me a message or an email saying that I fucked up your name. I know I'm fucking it up. If I say it right, it's a miracle. So please just accept that I don't say names the right way. 
okay? So let's start. There's a bunch of them here. And again, if you want to send me any questions, I will save them. And when I do another one by myself, I will answer your questions. Um, here we go. Angela Hutzler asked, what led you to comedy? I think I remember you saying you started out in your late 20s. Were you always into the art of a joke or did you have a watershed moment? Okay, that's 17 questions in one question. What led me into comedy was a lot of pain. So really, I mean, if you're going into comedy and you don't have a lot of pain and trauma, you're probably not going to be very funny. So that's really what led me into it. I was, some of you have heard this story before. I was sitting at dinner with my grandmother and my mom and my aunt and my cousins and my siblings and Bette Midler. No, I'm joking. Um, and my grandmother called me over to her and she said, you need to be a comedian. You're so talented and funny. Every time people are around you, they're laughing. You need to do stand-up comedy. And I said, I could never do that. And she goes, yes, you can. You can do it. So I ended up taking a class. I was in my late 20s and I took a class and then I realized how uncomfortable I felt when I did it and how miserable it made me. So I continued to do it for 21 years. That's really how it started. Um, I was never into the art of a joke, but I was always the class clown. And I was, you know, always trying to make people laugh because it made me happy to see people laughing. And I also just, it healed me. You know, it's part of why COVID has been really hard because therapy, I mean, comedy has been my therapy for so many years. So it's been very hard for me to not have that outlet. Um, you'd think I'd get into exercise or something else, but it's just not happening. Angela asked a couple of questions and she's a big fan, so I'm gonna keep going. While you were finding your comedic voice, did you find yourself parroting, ah, ah! did you find yourself parroting another known comedian? Well, I would say that my biggest influences were Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett, people on old SNL, uh, and I love Jerry Lewis, even though he, I started to fucking hate him because he said he's never laughed from a female comedian that were not funny, so he can go fuck himself. But when I was younger, I loved his silliness and the faces that he made. Um, and... Then she asked, this is a funny one, how about fuck, marry, kill? Uh, Joan Rivers, Lucille Ball, Cara Burnett. That is a really hard one, and some of you might really be upset with my answers, but I'm, I'm sorry if I have to do this, because, you know, when you get this question, you have to answer it. You can't back down, and you can't change the people. You need to use the people. Oh, my God, I have to burp. I'm not going to do it. I may, and if I do, just deal with it. Um, okay, this is going to kill me, but I probably would fuck Lucille Ball. I would marry Carol Burnett, and I would kill Joan Rivers because she, I don't know. I just, Lucille Ball and Carol Burnett were my idols, uh, I love Joan Rivers, too, but I, I think... And then the food version, Angela asked me, this is hilarious, brisket chicken bread. This is such a fascinating question that I think will really 
um, help you guys understand the world better by me answering this. So I would, um, I would, let's see, I would kill brisket, I would fuck a chicken. Actually, yeah, I guess, yeah, I would fuck a chicken, um, and I would marry bread. I think a lot of you would feel the same way. That is, that is what I would do. Okay, on to the next one. J.H. asks me, since you are so wise, wise and measured in your thinking about many things, what are your thoughts on why you think Jews and Italians are so similar despite major differences? Ugh, almost burped. Um, okay. I appreciate that you're saying I'm wise and measured. I don't know what measured means. Uh, all I know about measured is like diets that I measure my food and it makes me fucking enraged. So I hate doing that. But um, okay, Jews and Italians are very much alike. Both neurotic, um, both talk a lot, talk with our hands. There's a lot of uh, guilt, anger, uh, resentment, very intense people. A lot of food stuff is similar, um, overbearing mothers, big dicks. Um, I mean, I always say Jews and Italians are the same thing, except Jews have more money. And I'm allowed to say that because I'm Jewish, and it's true. Uh, but I think, I think it's really, I don't know. Like in New York, there's just so many Jewish and Italian people, so it's kind of like taking on each other's cultures. But it's just like a similar, they're similar in so many ways, um, and I, I don't know. I just think that certain, certain people are similar to other people. This is the dumbest thing I've ever said in my life. Cause I'm trying to get out of this answer because I don't really know, but I'm reading it for the first time. So I have to answer it cause I don't want to edit it out. Cause then I have to pay more money to the editor. So whatever, just deal with that one. And then he wrote, one theory I have is that both Jews and Italians don't think of ourselves as white. Well, that, I, that is true in the American sense, yet we're perceived that way. I think that's true. Also, ever since you pointed out that your brilliant and polished mother, did I say my mother was polished? I mean, that would be scary if she was polished. Would she be able to move? literally can't even pronounce her lifelong profession correctly she says therapy like an old car starting i laughed out loud thinking about it and how absurd everything in life really is that's very cute what you said um jh uh yeah she does says ther she does say therapy which is adorable and she also says almond which is a little annoying it's like just mom why do you have to say the L? Like, it's in there silently. I don't understand why she can't just say almond, but she says almond. Okay, Mar Martine Lemstra. Is your pre in your previous life, you were the beard of a furniture store owner and could... Okay, what is wrong? Let me just read it the way I'm reading, okay? In the... Poughkeepsie. All right. Jessica, love yourself. You're doing the best you can. In your previous life, you were the beard of a furniture store owner in Poughkeepsie in 1953, but you still had the same personality. Where would you find your joy? You can't say kids are drugs. Okay, bread. 
The next question from Martine. Also, with your style of comedy, I imagine it takes some thought to find balance between working out the material but not overproducing it because it is so connected to your feelings. Do you ever paint yourself into a corner? And if so, how do you get out of that? These are really intense questions. And to be honest with you, I'm not in the mood to answer this, but I will because Martine is important. We all are. Um, do find balance between working out the material but not overproducing it. I, uh, I really can tell that from doing jokes and doing bits because I can see the audience's reaction. One thing I have a gift with is seeing, like, I can feel what people think when I'm, when I'm performing. I really am in touch with the psychology of what's going on, whereas some comics will just perform and it's more like a monologue or a seminar. I am very connected to the audience and I just, I can tell, I can tell what's going on. So um, I hope that answered your question. Uh, Sluver said, Jessica, I wrote papers for a Jewish girl who supplied the whole little college Pennsylvania town we were in with pot. When you sold pot, did you pay a fat little Irish virgin or to write papers? Um, no, I didn't. Uh, that sounds very appealing, by the way, a fat little Irish virgin. I mean, really, I'm picturing like Mr. Potato Head with an X on his crotch and his ass. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm, I feel like, Sluver, that you are fucking wasted when you wrote this to me. Because honestly, I, I feel like I'm reading Chinese right now. Um, but I did supply the whole town of Northampton, Massachusetts with pot. Um, but I didn't pay a fat little Irish virgin to write papers. Mitzi Norton. Hi, Jessica. You make me laugh harder than any other comic ever. What comics make you laugh? What should your fans be watching? Don't stop. We love you. Well, Mitzi, thank you so much. And I, I remember meeting you, I think, in Chicago. I have a good... Well, your name is Mitzi, so I don't, I don't meet many Mitzis. I'm, I'm not in, like, West Virginia. Hi, my name is Mitzi. You know, it's, it sounds like a person who lives in Chicago. Um, so many comics make me laugh. A, a lot of New York comics. I mean, there's Sam Marill. There's Mark Norman, Joe List, there's Bonnie McFarlane, Rachel Feinstein, Carmen Lynch. I mean, a lot of them have done my podcast. A lot of the comedy seller comedians make me laugh my ass off. Um, so, Mitzi, I hope I answered that question. And there's also a lot of Jewish comedians that you would love, like John Fish, Lenny Marcus, Dan Natterman. Um, she's really funny. Uh, Laura K. Hopkins asked, have you ever encountered people who label you in certain ways because of your life's lifestyle? I'm gay, queer, lesbian, whatever. I inherently don't like calling myself anything. I just am whatever. And have consistently been labeled a man hater and called crazy things by crazy people. I genuinely don't understand. I love men. I love my son. I have two daughters and one son. My response is usually to smirk and immediately walk away before punching something within that person's immediate vicinity. Thanks and much love. This is a really good question, Laura, because 
I hate labeling myself. And I've been talking about this recently with some friends. I mean, I'm married to a woman. I've been exclusively with women since I'm 20, 22. But that doesn't mean that I've never been with men because I have. I was a fucking whore at University of Maryland. No, I'm joking. But I did sleep with a bunch of men. I was in a blackout, whatever. I was trying to figure out what was going on. I don't label myself as queer. Uh, some people get very annoyed with that. Like, I have to like that word. I don't like that word. I don't like be ca being called queer. I'm fine if people want to be called queer, but I don't like it. Um, I am a lesbian at this point, but I can't say I'm married, but if I wasn't, I can't say that I would never be with a guy again because I don't know. Like, I didn't feel sick to my stomach when I slept with men. I just couldn't fall in love with them. And I'm much more attracted to women, but I can find men attractive. And I totally relate to what you said because a lot of my friends are guys. Like a lot of my comic friends are guys, straight guys, and I connect with them, sometimes more than women. So it's really a dumb thing to say. Uh, it's just like this thing that people have put out you know, it's like saying Jews are cheap, which is true. Um, no, I don't know. Whatever. We're not cheap. We just have to hold on to what we have because if we ever get taken away again, we need to we need to invest. We need to make sure our kids are okay. So I really relate to that question. I, I get shit about that a lot. Uh, like someone on Twitter recently was like, you need to be able to call yourself queer. I'm like, I don't, I don't have to call. I can call myself whatever I want. I can call myself a you know, noodle kugel if I want to. I'm talking about food a lot because I'm hungry and I should have eaten something before this, like a protein bar or a cake. Roseanne Saracino, that I definitely said wrong. Sarah Casino, um, she asked my hobbies and interests outside of comedy and my family's hobbies. You know, I realized that since COVID has been happening that I really was just doing comedy constantly and working in my business, writing and getting on stage. And it became an addiction, even though I got funny quick because I busted my ass and always have. I, I've gotten more into my old hobbies since I, you know, since COVID I mean, I've been traveling for years and I love to travel, but I love art. Um, I love listening to music. That's a big one for me. I love to write, like just journal, uh, not comedy, but just, and I love to, I don't love to read, which is frustrating because I think I would. Like I've read a couple of books and I enjoyed it years ago. So I think I'm going to start getting into that again. Uh I love to play video games, so I decided to buy myself a video system. Um, and, you know, those are really the things I, I love to do. And in my free time a lot, I do play with my kids because I love to play with them. Like, I love playing games and stuff. It's fun for me. I get to act like a kid again. Uh, okay, someone, Samantha Gonzalez. Jessica, I work in hospital administration and have been working through the pandemic. Your podcast has been a blessing. That's so great. Have you ever had a job where you worked in an office? Yes, I have. I worked 
in a printing shop when I was trying to find out who I was and what I wanted to do. I was miserable, miserable. I was in sales. And then I worked in a sales job in New York right before I right when I started stand-up comedy. And it was just a disaster. Like I, I, the fact that I had to sit there from eight to five every day and just sit at a desk and, you know, have small talk with people, it was really hard for me. I mean, when you're creative, that's tough. It's tough to just not do, you know, stuff that makes you feel alive and feel creative and just do office work. I don't know how people do it. I, I'm actually very impressed with people that do it. Um, so thank you for that question. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. All right, hold up. Could you take a little off, off the P's? You're hitting them too hard. The not Action. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. Hold on. Now you're whispering Patreon. Is there a reason oh. you're whispering? Well, you said to take the P. Somewhere like, in the middle. Okay, okay. You ready? Action. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members. <sighs> now you got to pause. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members, is that okay? Patre <laughs> it was perfect. Why'd you stop? Oh, okay. Patreon members. Cut. Let's go back to the beginning. Thank you and so much. And action. Thank you so much to all my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams where we talk more about... All right, let's take it back to the beginning. That was perfect. Do it exactly like that. I just did it well, though, Except but why are you starting over? Thank you so much to all of my patron... Cut. Why are you screaming? Because I'm just trying to get through this. Action. Thank you so much to all of Action. my... Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast. Perfect. Keep going. There's so many P's. Keep going. Keep going. Ad-free episodes. You could cut this out, right? For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams where we talk more about being relatively sane. Hold up. Did we agree on monthly live streams? Yes, you told me I should do them because it'll get more members. I don't know how to do a monthly live stream. Don't you just talk in your phone? Uh, we'll figure it out. Come on, let's get through this. We have to go. We should okay. speed this up. All right. Thank you so much to all my Patreon members for supporting this podcast. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams. We don't know what that is, but whatever. Where we talk about being relatively sane. If you want to join our fantastic community that is so corny, go to patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon. I think you said patriot.com. Go to petroleum I mean patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Thanks again. And cut. That's a wrap. Ugh. Jennifer said, Hi Jessica. I love all your stuff, but the one thing that makes me laugh is your old Jewish lady impressions. Everyone loves that. Um and you know, she's talking about her family. A lot of her friends have that kind of, you know, uh, sense of being, by the way, I say, you know, all the time, and it makes me want to kill myself. Your impressions are so true and spot on and truly make me laugh out loud without fail. As a middle-aged woman, I am starting to feel the old Jewish lady inside me coming out, and I'm owning it. Um, so she said... I'm wondering if this character resonates with your non-Jewish friends and or non-female friends at all. 
uh, in short, do you believe, as I do, there is an old Jewish lady inside of all of us? That's a great question, Jennifer. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, okay, my old Jewish lady resonates with like, I'd say 75% of my audiences. There are people around this country that have never met a Jew, and that's not an exaggeration. They have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, they've watched Seinfeld, and that's all they know. So once they realize that I don't have horns and um, I don't own the building that I'm performing in, they, they're open to it, but they, you know, some people will look confused. So there's certain parts of the country where I don't even do it because it's, like, pointless. They're not going to get it. But there are some times when I do do it because I feel like they're open to it and they're not dumb. Because, like, you know, a lot of people are dumb and they're not going to even they're not gonna even know what's going on. But there are people who are open to it who, like, like to learn about it and it's funny to them. And, uh, yes, my non-female fans love it. Um, I do think there's an old Jewish lady in most of us. I, don't, I wouldn't say all of us, but in most of us. I don't think there is with some guys like, how you doing? I'm a, I'm gonna carry my gun around, shoot squirrels, and uh, and don't look at me the wrong way, you faggot. Like I don't think those people have an old Jewish lady inside of them. But Jennifer, since you asked that question, and there's been a, cu a couple of questions about the Jewish stuff, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna do an impression for you guys. Um, this is literally improv. This is um, an old Jewish woman uh, talking about. COVID, uh, and she lives in Florida, and she's going to talk about what it's been like for her. So I've had to be inside for months already, uh, it may be even a year or two or 11. I feel lonely, but I've been doing a, doing a, these virtual bridge and Mahjong games with my friends Eleanor. Lenora, Nora, and Ellen, and they are wonderful friends. Sometimes they talk while I do, and it's very upsetting because I can barely get a sentence out. I'm about to pass because I'm, uh, I'm not feeling very well. I've had the runs every time I eat too much. Uh, oily foods, I get the runs. So I've been doing these games, and I've been, uh, I don't mean to be a little dirty, but I decided to touch myself again. It's been many years, and I said, you know what? Just touch yourself. Put your hand on you, you know what? And see how it feels, and believe it or not, it's been wonderful. I've been watching Gone with the Wind and Casablanca and Schindler's List, and I excite myself. It's a little concerning because uh, I, uh, I uh, can't find my uh, thumbnail. It must be somewhere down there. But I'm not going to go to the doctor because then I might get the, the disease and, uh, and I might get uh, cold and a fever and diarrhea. 
Even though if I had diarrhea, I would probably lose the extra three and a quarter pounds I gained in the past seven months. I can't stop eating Malamars and pudding and, uh, and, uh, where am I? Is this disease going to go away? My nephew, my son, my grandson, my brother are all doctors. They're wonderful Jewish doctors. And they all tell me it's very dangerous. But I, uh, I, uh, when I'm home, I wake up in the morning and I put on a nice face of makeup. Because you always have to look good, even if you're alone. All that matters is what you look like. So I even put on a lot of rouge, and I put on a, a purple lipstick, and a, sometimes I'll wear a nice barrette in my hair. The other day, I wore 17 brooches, and I never felt better. And I walk around, and I say to myself, thank God you don't have to go into the grocery store and wear a mask, because... I look so wonderful, and I'd have to cover up my face with that awful mask. Ugh, what do people do when they have bad breath? They have to smell their own breath all day. That would be horrible for Norman. His breath smells like a barn animal. Okay, I just improv that whole thing, and that was fun. It was really fun to just do, any, like, just say whatever I want. You know, it was really, that was good. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing them more. Maybe I'll just, I think my next podcast I do alone is just going to be me doing characters. A lot of you would love that. I do it in my intro, but I think I'm going to do it from now on. Okay. Now I'm on Twitter because I posted on Twitter to ask me questions. Victoria Arnstein, Jew. Uh, she said, in the stage of the game for you, what is it that makes you perform in a show or not? Preference or location or pay? What do you do? Actually, it's all three of those things uh, at this point. It's preference, meaning like there are things I turn down because I feel like if I'm supposed to make a lot more money that I have to turn it down to stay at the level I'm at because once you start doing stuff for shit money you it gets around and then people are like well you did it for so and so so why can't you do it for me so you have to be careful of that um, location is a big one if it's close to me then I'll do it you know for less money but if I have to travel I have to get on a plane I'll still do it but it needs to pay more and speaking of pay I, I do have you know, amount that I do things for now. I do do Zoom shows for less than I would do stuff in person. So I, you know, I, I definitely do some private Zoom stuff for, for less money just to try and make people laugh and just get through this time. Uh, so I only charge $70,000 now, and normally it's 110 I have a show, by the way, at Nowhere Comedy Club, and now I don't have it in front of me. Oh, yes, I do. Hold on. I have a show. You guys have to go. It's a Zoom show. It's me doing, it's me doing um, an hour, and I'm going to have an opener, and I'm so excited for it. I even do crowd work on it. 
it's such a great space to do a show. It's called Nowhere Comedy Club. You can find it online, nowherecomedyclub.com. It's Thursday, October 22nd at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I really think you guys should go on it because I have had a lot of fun on those. And they're great. They really are. And I'll be right there with you. And then you can, even if you want it, it's like $10. It's nothing. And then if you want to be a VIP, I'll be on after the show and do live video stuff with people and uh, possibly do a Q&A and just hang out with you. So that's going to be fun. Um, Todd Miller asked, why are the Mets consistently terrible? I don't know. I don't. I haven't been following baseball, but my entire family are Mets fans. And my stepfather was a huge Mets fan. And my stepbrother, Zach, um, got my stepfather, Hal, season tickets for years. So I used to go to a lot of games and and eat 46 hot dogs and shit myself. But I, I don't know. I love the Mets. I don't know what's going on. I don't know enough about baseball. But I do, I do know the game. Like, I can watch baseball and football and all those things. And I, Because I used to watch them with my father um, when we would hang out when I was younger. And he wore underwear that was way too big on him. Okay. Uh, Ryan asked the next question. Which golden girl do you identify with most um that was that's maud i mean b arthur she was a fucking butchy dyke i'm not some people are always shocked like you're not you're not you know that role you're not butchy i mean i am in the relationship i'm like a soft butch that's what i would call myself and i normally am attracted to like power femmes I don't even, I'm trying to explain, like, women who are on the feminine side but are powerful and tell me what to do and control everything I do and make me feel like I'm nothing. No, I'm joking. I mean, whatever. Um, I I would be B. Arthur. I was obsessed with B. Arthur. I really think my grandmother was a dyke. I've said this on the podcast before, but she was very aggressive. You know, she'd walk in, have a seat, shit over there. What are you wearing? Like she was like a, a rugby player. Um, she really was because she used to tackle me and throw me into walls. No, that's not true. Um, Notorious Pug Chris, uh, you know, it's one of those names. If you could put your show together tomorrow with you as the headliner, who would you book to host, open, and feature? I don't know. You know, that is such a... That's a tough one because um, I guess, like, if I didn't have to think about it, I don't know. I would probably, like, I don't know if I can name comics necessarily. I, I do get to choose my opener sometimes, not always. I mean, sometimes I don't even care if I do or not. But I usually like to have different style of comic like different from me I probably wouldn't have people that are really high energy or do a ton of characters sometimes if I know them and I know their material really well um, but normally you know I love dry comedy you'd be surprised I really love dry comics they make me laugh so hard uh, so I have to think about that one but that's a good question I'm sorry I'm just not 
if I had eaten some hummus or a protein bar or a whole pig, I would be able to clearly answer that question. But I'm getting stuck on some of these. Um, someone, KCSC, wrote, uh, talk more about getting into fistfights in school growing up. Hilarious tales. Thank you, KCSC. Say, try to say that even five times fast. Watch. KCSC, 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 KCSC. I can't believe I just did that. Wow, I guess it wasn't that hard because I'm not usually good at that. I did. I, I got into fistfights with boys in like fifth and sixth grade, and I used to get in the dirt with them and fight. And I was talking to a therapist, uh, one of my 11 therapists, about this the other day, and I was just really angry. I was a really angry kid. I, My parents fought a lot. You know, they really did not get along and they screamed, screamed, and I felt what I've always done my whole life is held it in. You know, I'm working through that now. I've held it in and just physically like stuffed myself and that's why I battle with anxiety and anger and I'm really working through it now. But it's, I, I think that I fought with kids after school because I was so angry and I, I like wanted to get it out, you know, somehow. Um, it's very strange to me that I did that. I don't have a ton of memories from my childhood. I know a lot of you relate to that. I, I have some, but I don't have a lot, especially from kindergarten, elementary school. Uh, it's, I blocked out a lot. That's the honest to God, truth. I, I had a lot of trauma. And you know what I've realized? A lot of us, have had a lot of trauma and we don't even know it and trauma can be so many things I mean just living in a house where people yell at each other constantly and throw something and slam a wall that is really traumatic um, it could be little things uh, you know what's been traumatic for me in my life is an example is being in children's hospitals with my daughter I just thought I'd bring this this podcast to a point where you guys can really laugh a lot. So I'm going to talk about that. Uh, it's been traumatizing for me to, to hear the babies crying, to see my daughter like that, to be in these ICUs with, with other babies. And, uh, and what's been really traumatizing is the sounds of the, like, uh, 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 like these loud sounds in the machines and alarms going off. And, I've had to do some work around that recently because she's going to have more times when she's going to have to have these open heart surgeries and stents and all this other stuff, and I have to be okay. So I never realized how traumatized I really am, and I did a timeline of that from as, soon, as far back as I can remember, and boy, did I have a lot of shit on that timeline. I just didn't realize, like I was done doing the timeline, timeline, and then I said to my therapist, "Oh yeah, I was, I was in the city in 9/11." She's like, "You forgot about that?" I'm like, "Yeah, because so many other things have happened that I literally forgot that I was running in the street on 9/11," and it's crazy how we block shit out. And the reason why I know I'm getting very deep right now, but I, I think this is very important to talk to you guys about because this COVID stuff has really been traumatic for a lot of people and the election, the politics. It's like dealing with that after dealing with my father's death in April, 
right before that, my stepsister, my stepfather, you know, the operations with my daughter, and then the, tr the, the, like the horrible situation where I can't perform and do what helps me and, and have that outlet has caused me a lot of trauma where I got to the point where I couldn't function. Like I literally could not function. I had never been that depressed in my life and anxious and the littlest things would freak me out. Like even if someone just like tapped my back or my shoulder, I would jump and I was just so on edge. So I'm learning to do things that calm me. Um, I'm learning breathing stuff, breath work. I'm doing meditation stuff. And listen, I have not always been open to that, but I got to the point where I had to do something. I had to, or else I was not going to be okay. And I'm proud of myself that I've done it. You know, I really am because it's not easy to do the work, but it's not going to go away. And with everything going on in the world, it's probably just going to get harder. So it's important to do that stuff. I was very, uh, like, against it because I was brought up with all that shit. You know, my mom tried to help me, but she did therapy with me a lot. So if I was upset about something, sometimes she'd have me draw a picture of it and then she'd analyze it. And it's funny and it's, it's interesting that she did that, but it was really hard for me because it turned me off to, and it made me not open to a lot of different therapies that would help me. So I am much more open now. I'm very grateful for that. I also have been letting go a lot and having more acceptance. And what I mean by letting go is that I am really trying not to control people, places, situations, things like there are really the only thing I control is myself and my actions. And I can't change anyone else. I can't make anyone do anything. I can't change the virus. I can't change what's happening with work right now. So I have to, if I, the more I accept it, the more, the happier I am. And the more I try to control it and change things, the more best I am. I've also worked on accepting things for the way they are. Things are the way they are. Like I can't fix anything. Like politically, I can have, I can give some money, I can uh, post some stuff and get people to vote, but what more can I do? I mean, really, we just can do as much as we can and that's it. And I have to accept that things are the way they are. Um, but it's really important to do these self-care things. I, I brought co more comfortable sheets and blankets and uh, my sister sent me a stuffed animal dog, which is adorable. It's like a, a golden retriever, and it, it's not the size of a golden retriever. That would be weird. Like, I, I would, it would be very weird if I was, like, straddling a real-size golden retriever. Um, I bet some people even put a hole in it. People are nuts. I'm telling you, people do that. People are crazy. But she brought me this stuffed animal and I like, I cuddle with it at night and I hug it and it just makes me feel comfortable. Um, so I encourage you guys to be more open to things and to take some, if you're having a hard time, if you're okay, who gives a shit? Fuck you. 
But if you're having a hard time, be open to things. Be open to suggestions because it helps. And so many times we're like, oh, that's not going to help or that's corny or that's bullshit. But just try it. Do one thing. Like the affirmations thing. Try to say nice things to yourself. If you're like me, I, my inner critic is so horrific. It's, it's, it's horrible. So I've really been trying to just say more positive things to myself because it helps. It helps a lot. And I have been talking for a while now, and I am tired. You know, this is exhausting to talk so long. Um, I know people work outside in the sun doing construction for 15 hours, but this is more exhausting. It is. Like, just talking for 45 minutes um, and recording a podcast is really exhausting, and I feel like I should get a Pulitzer Prize for this. I hope you guys know how much I appreciate and love you. Like, I know I say it, but I really want you to know that I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your support and your messages, your your emails, your the dead pigeons you send me. I really appreciate all of it because I do get down and I do get anxious and scared and whatever, and it really makes me smile. Like just as much as, <clears throat> excuse me, I make some of you happy, most of you, some of you probably hate me, but I really don't care because you're probably a fucking loser. Um, you make me happy and you make me feel good and feel better about myself. And just knowing that you're laughing and that you're getting something out of this makes me want to do it. I mean, again, you can join my Patreon. It's patreon.com. And I put bonus content on there. Uh, also, really, the biggest thing you can do is spread the word to your friends and family because the more people that know about Relatively Sane, um, the better. You know, I really am going to start trying to get a message out there uh, to not, you know, I love being silly and I love making people laugh, but I know how many people are struggling right now and it's just as important for me to let you know you're not alone. I get it. I am where you are and I just understand and we're in this together and we all need to support each other. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya, yes. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. Okay. Uh, I am so grateful that you're listening. Thank you for supporting Relatively Sane. You guys are awesome. If you want, send me messages on Patreon because uh, I know there's a ton of members that listen to this. And there's hundreds of you. So you can send me messages with questions and I'll keep track of them. And the next time I do one where it's just me, I will answer your questions. And uh, that's it. Love you all. Sending you positive energy and strength. Have a great week.